Hello, Girlmancers. Welcome to the first official Girlmance Book Club podcast. Yay! We are all here together. It's Madison, Sam, and Leanna, and we are so excited for our first podcast of the book of the month, The Idea of You by Robin Lee. Now, before we dive into all of the juiciness, the steaminess, the drama, we are going to introduce ourselves and let you know a little bit about us. So, Leanna, why don't you start us off? Sure, I would love to. So, hi everybody. I'm Leanna, as Madison said. I am an entertainment publicist from Toronto. And like all of you, I am a big romance book reader, anything love story. I'm very into, I'm obsessed with pop culture. So if there's any pop culture tie into a love story, I'm all here for it. And I'm very excited to be doing this podcast with two of my favorite people. This has like been a long time coming, but very happy that we're finally doing it. Very happy that we have finally decided after reading all the same books, that to join forces and become a book club together. Yeah. And Sam. Hey, everyone. Um, I am Sam. Nice to meet all of you. Um, so I am a freelance makeup artist here in Toronto. I love everything pop culture, just like Leanna and Madison. And I'm obsessed with every reality TV show you can even name. And I am obsessed with skincare and makeup. Well, if you ever need to get your makeup done, Glam by Sam is the girl to call. <laughs> yeah. If you're living in the GTA, slide into her DMs. They're open. <laughs> well, I am Madison. I am a kindergarten teacher here in Toronto. Again, like Leanna and Sam, I love all things pop culture, all things celebrities, all things Harry Styles, which we will get into. Very fitting for this book. Very fitting for this book. I am the TikTok queen. I don't make TikToks. I just watch them <laughs> and I keep up with all the latest trends. So you might even call me a Gen Z, right? Yeah, you may it's as well. It's your biggest flex. It is my biggest flex. I think it, we need to firstly address like how we all know each other and like yeah. how our book love and mutual like obsession and sharing book recommendations started. So Madison is my boyfriend's sister and Sam is Madison's husband's sister. So we're kind of like all sister-in-laws-ish of each other. Before we do a deep dive into the book, Let's give our listeners at home a little summary of what the book is about. Sure. So this month's selection is The Idea of You by Robin Lee. It is a book about a 40-year-old single mother who is divorced, who takes her daughter to her favorite boy band concert, August Moon. And at the concert, at a meet and greet, she meets the lead singer of this band, 20-year-old Hayes Campbell, who was just like the world's biggest pop star, rock star, most handsome, most coveted, most sought after boy. And he takes a liking to her and they basically go on this like whirlwind romantic journey across the country, quite literally traveling like every corner of the earth. And I wouldn't really say that it's a romance novel. It's more of a love story because it doesn't really follow the classic trope of a romance novel, but we'll get into that. But yeah, it's basically an age gap romance talks about the love a mother has for a daughter, the sacrifice a mother has for a daughter and 
every aspect of a celebrity relationship that you could really want. And I guess there are a few tropes in this book, a little bit, you know, the celebrity with the, I guess, the normal normal person. And also a little bit of like a forbidden love story, a little bit too, Um, just a relationship. Um, But for our listeners, why don't we give them a little bit of a backstory of how we kind of got into this obsession with this book. We will talk about our highlights and what we loved about it, but just a little bit of a background. So Leanna, how did we even discover this book? <laughs> when the whole pandemic first started and we all started quarantining and sheltering in place, we all picked up our love for reading again. We've all mm-hmm. kind of been reading our entire lives, but we had all this extra time and we started really diving into more books. So one day in the beautiful times of the quarantine of the lockdown, I was on, I believe, Goodreads and it suggested me to read this book, The Idea of You. And I literally had heard nothing about it. The review seemed really good on Goodreads, but like, I didn't know really anything else. And I went on Facebook and we're a part of this like subgroup on Facebook called The Redheads because we're all fans of the show, The Morning Toast on the podcast. You guys should all listen. But um, on the Redheads group, I typed it in and there was one comment. Some girl was like, I just read this book. If you love Harry Styles, you need to read this book. And I texted Madison and I was like, stop what you're doing. Like, I don't care what you're reading right now. Like halt all operations. We need to pick up this book. And I, I don't even know what happened. We, that night, like started reading this book and we literally finished it within 24 hours. Uh, this was my third time reading it. For the, yeah. For the- so you're three, I'm five, Sam's three also. So that's insane. We're almost at 10. That is insane. Well, so we, so we read it back in May, 2020, literally read it in 24 hours and have not stopped talking about it since. But can I just just say that I did not jump on the bandwagon until August. So it it had taken me two months. Welcome. Welcome to the dark hole that we have been in since last May. All about Hayes, all about Harry, but we are in this deep, dark hole of an obsession with this book. I think that we need to also just like address why we're obsessed with Harry Styles because of this book, because it's been very obvious that the author, Robin Lee, has drawn some serious inspiration for the lead character, Hayes Campbell, from Harry Styles. Like they're both in a posh British boy band. They physically kind of look alike from the descriptions They have similar personalities based on like what we can tell from interviews of Harry Styles because we're so crazy. (laughs) Why don't we discuss what just like our top highlights, what we, I mean, clearly we all did love the book as we've been discussing, but why don't we just give a little highlight what we loved so much about the book? So Sam, what were your top favorites about the book? From the very beginning, it was already forbidden. The way that they met, it was so unconventional and you just never meet a guy like that or a girl like that in that way. So I just was obsessed from the very beginning. Um, I wasn't obsessed with Harry Styles before this. I loved One Direction, but I wasn't the biggest fan. And the book was just obsessive. Like I couldn't stop talking about it and I couldn't stop thinking about Hayes for the next probably four months. Overall, it was probably one of my favorite books. 
Sam, welcome to the hole that literally we, the hole that, that we have been in. Um, Leanna, what were your overall thoughts on the books? Well, like as you guys know, my favorite trope in any romance book is like celebrity or famous person or anybody that's like of an elite status falling in love with a small town person or a regular person so the second I knew that it was about a famous person falling in love with a regular human I was like I'm hooked I'm in like just take me now like this is it like this is all I ever needed in a romance book or a love story um but I think the part of it that I love the most and this isn't a spoiler because we're going to dissect every part of this book I think that I love the like how unpredictable the ending was. And if you're looking for a romance story with a happily ever after, like you're not getting that here. And I know a lot of people take umbrage with that and like are unsatisfied by the ending. But I think that after rereading it so many times and like really understanding each of their characters and perspectives, like Selene is the 40 year old single mother and Hayes is like the 20 year old band guy that's traveling the world and has like every opportunity at his fingertips. I think that it couldn't have really ended any other way. And I think that that, that honesty is what makes that book so, so spectacular and unlike anything I've ever read. So I know that a lot of people have like conflicting opinions and wish that it could have ended in the way that we all wanted, which is with them together. But I think that what makes the book so special and why we all had the worst book hangover and like we're still living in it literally a year later, having read it like upwards of three times each is because it's so, like, it's so, it's so real. It is real. And I think that, you know, I've been obsessed. I have this, I guess I have an obsessive personality, <laughs> but being so obsessed with like celebrities and pop culture like my whole life like literally on people.com us weekly what is everyone up to I live vicariously through other people I think that um just when Leanna sent me the Goodread summary I was like I need to read this book now and I don't even remember what I was reading I guess it wasn't that good but I stopped it and switched over to the idea of you I mean, what my favorite parts about this book, my overall thoughts is I was obsessed with the banter between Selene and Hayes. They had this instant attraction, this chemistry right from the start and just like they're back and forth throughout the whole book. I was like, I just need more. Um, you know, when it was talking about like the other band members or other people, I'm like, I just need more Hayes, more Selene. I was obsessed with their chemistry towards each other and again the ending I think that is why we had the biggest book hangover is because I just I needed more and we will talk about the ending because there are a lot of mixed reactions to the ending but I remember just reading that last page and I've like I've never felt like that after reading a book like yeah. I'm like I, I, I mm -hmm. need more what is going to happen next so like, I remember, Matt, I finished it right before you did that. Like, I was just like an yeah. hour or two ahead of you. And it, it was like in the afternoon, the day after we started, because we started it at night mm -hmm. and I finished it. And I remember being like, there's got to be more. Like, this is not how it ends. <laughs> this, is, this isn't the end. And I remember texting you being like, brace yourself for impact. Like, you don't know what's coming. Like, just mm -hmm. honestly, like, just, just, just be mentally prepared for the worst. And you were like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> And it doesn't get any easier. Like everyone says, we stop at Japan because the last chapter of them like blissfully, yeah. ignorantly together is Japan. And it's like, sure, yeah, if you want to live like in an alternate universe where like everything happens amazingly for every character and you're like into that happily ever after thing, then like, sure, stop at Japan. But like, if you want the full effect of this book and why it's so fabulous, you need to go the whole way. Like don't stop at Japan. I think that we should start with the ending, um, our thoughts with okay. the ending. Let's do it. Okay. So what yeah, are your thoughts? Go first. So 
I think that like exactly what both Madison and Leanna, you both are saying is absolutely correct. I think that the fact that it wasn't the happily ever after that we were looking for in a typical romance novel that we get, um, I think that was the most realistic part of the entire book. In most other romance novels, that's the most unrealistic part, that they live happily ever after. Because as we know, life just doesn't happen that way. This relationship was never going to work. Mm -hmm. She was always going to put her daughter first. Mm -hmm. It was never going to be about putting herself first. So like we kind of were set up for this ending from the very beginning. Like within the first few pages, she even says like, I forget what the exact verbiage, but she says something like, we took this picture, like soon Isabel will rip it up. Like she's like letting you know already, like no matter what, this is not ending the way you think it's going to end. There was some foreshadowing. Yeah, for sure. There was was a lot of foreshadowing. I think I just had the biggest book hangover because I was just living this fantasy. Like I'm like, this is my, (laughs) this is my dream. This is what any girl would want to happen. And so I'm living this high and they're traveling the world in the most beautiful places. And Hayes, he's literally like the ideal, the ideal of you, the ideal book boyfriend, just so good to her and just understands her and wants to know more about her. And you're just riding this high. And then at the very end, it it just, it all comes crashing down. And that's, you know, when reality just like just hits you. What are the remedies for a book hangover? Because because I've never read a book and <laughs> had that and had that feeling ever. Because you, usually, yeah. like you know, we all lo- enjoy reading romance novels. Usually, it just most of them have that happily ever after sense. And you're like, oh, sometimes I'll close it. I'll be like, oh, that's so unrealistic. That won't happen in real life. And then this, I'm like, no, they need to stay together. Why can't they make it work? So yeah. I just had the opposite effect. I think that was the best part about the book is I think that if we had gotten that happily ever after, the book wouldn't have been as good as it was. If they had, if Robin Lee had given us that happily ever after, I think we would have been confused because we know that's so unrealistic. And also realistically, like she's not just going to up and move her daughter. Exactly. And go from country to country. Exactly. <laughs> like that's I, the most unrealistic part of the entire book. Like obviously she's, it's, there was no way that could have ever have happened. Well, Isabel as Solen's daughter kind of ruined this book for me because <laughs> I mean, I was just like, if she was not there, then Selene and Hayes could just live happily ever after. But so there were those obstacles that I had to over, overcome with Isabel. So they just. Madison's both, not team Isabel. <laughs> I'm not team Isabel at all. They both had baggage, but she just, she couldn't get rid of her baggage. So before we get into our questions, we do need to discuss the title of the book, The Idea of You. I mean, I personally think that it is was the perfect title for this book. I think even in the book, like she said, Hayes Campbell, and he was like, please don't call me by my first and last name. Like that's the idea of me. That's what the public sees me as and perceives me. I am like Hayes to you. So I just think it was a perfect title. I fully agree. It's a perfect title for the book. Even at the end when she tells Hayes that she doesn't love him and she was only in love with the idea of him. And it comes back again for the first time when she tells Hayes that she wants to make sure that she's in love with him and not the idea of him. It all comes back to that, like, what's real? What's the celebrity like side of it? Like what's like the public making this out to be, or what's like my perception of what this is versus what it actually is. 
So it's the most, I think it's the most perfect title for the book. And it just like encompasses all of the struggles, all of the characters went through from the beginning to the end. Oh, but this book cannot be called anything else. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. And I think also it comes back to the book title, the cover of the book, sorry, the book cover, mm-hmm. um, how it's the f- woman's face with sunglasses on and the reflection of her sunglasses is a boy, a boy like in skinny jeans with a guitar at his feet and a guitar case. And again, it's like what she sees through her sunglasses versus what the reflection is. And I feel like that's also like the reflection of him in the sunglasses. It's a very, I know that the author doesn't love the book cover and didn't really picture it to be that way. But I think that in what the book stands for and what it means and all of like the different layers of it, I think that it's very, very, it's, 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 um, it's yeah, but it's like, it's intentional. The, the book cover is intentional because it's what she's seeing and what is being reflected back at her, what the world sees from the outsider's perspective. So I think that what paired with the title is perfect for this book. Yeah. And the whole book, um, throughout the book, it was all about perception and what Solan and Hayes saw themselves as versus what the world saw themselves as. Yeah, exactly. I think that the whole issue surrounding Solen being afraid of people judging her and the idea of Hayes Campbell, it just all came together. So now there are some questions that were submitted by Robin Lee herself all about the book and we'll go through them and we'll talk about some of the themes. We'll talk about Daniel. We'll talk about a little bit more Hayes and Solen. So are we ready to get into it? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Okay. So how did you feel about the age difference between Solen and Hayes? Were there, mo- were there moments in the book when the age difference was more apparent, problematic? Um, I think because knowing that this book was supposed to be a piece of women's fiction, the reason of the age gap and making that such a big plot line was very intentional. Like it's supposed to be a commentary on how women are shamed for dating younger men and are viewed as like cougars. But meanwhile, men could go and date younger women and they're kind of viewed as like the hero, like good on you guy for getting the younger girl, you know? So I think that was very intentional on her part, especially like being a writer and making this piece as a piece of women's fiction. That was obviously intentional. Um, In terms of the way that I feel how they act their age. I will say that at moments, Hayes was very mature and at moments he was very immature. And it's the same with Selene. I feel like at times she did act 40 or what we think a 40 year old should act like and was very responsible and mature. And there were other times where she definitely skewed herself to act younger, to be more relatable to Hayes. But I think that that's what any couple would do. Any part, like two partners in a relationship, they mold to each other, they bend to each other. So I feel like they actually were a very, very good match. I think that had their situations in life been different and had Solen not had a daughter and Hayes not been this global rock star, I think that their chemistry was there and they were very relatable to each other and very like good, strong matches for each other. But like we said earlier, like their baggage was too much for each of them to take on. Yeah. And although like I, what I loved about Hayes was the fact that he was so mature. He did not act like a 20 year old would normally act like he he was way wise beyond his years and I almost thought that probably 90% of the book he was more mature than she was like her self-esteem brought her down so much and that's why like I was rooting for them throughout the entire book because it's like he knew exactly what to do exactly what to say he 
he never acted in the way that you would think a 20 year old would act. Yeah. I think that was also really intentional when writing that character. Like she knew that whoever was going to be a match for someone like Solène had to be somebody that like on an intellectual level can match her there. So I think the reason that he's like so smart and so mature is like all of the life experience he's had growing up like in posh London and going to a prep school and then becoming super mega famous and like being basically in charge of this band and like writing the songs and like being so involved from every aspect of it, like, and all the brand deals he had with the watch company and all that stuff. Like he had a lot of worldly experience that made him so much older than just a 20 year old. Like he was so involved with so many big aspects that a normal 20 year old would never touch, you know? Uh, well, where were all those guys when we were 20 years old? Because they did not exist. They did not exist. They don't <laughs> exist. That's why it's a fictional story. They don't exist. And, yeah. you know, thinking about thinking about their age difference, like my husband is two years younger than me. And I remember when we started dating, I, I was called a cougar. And I'm like, <laughs> he's only two years younger. And I was actually, you know, a little bit... Uh, hesitant not hesitant to tell people but it was when people asked his age like I felt people were like oh whoa he's two years younger or you know you're rocking the cradle and all of that so I was even like oh wow like what will people think of us but then I mean we're happily married now that <laughs> but um you know just thinking about Hayes him as a 20 year old she was so and I I think I would be the, the exact same way too but she was so worried about what others would think about her and especially like we were not like well they were they were on a public level so just what the world will think of them so yeah that was the driving force behind the book but Hayes I think was just mature beyond his years and even way more mature than Solène I think that at the beginning we see Solène as this very elegant confident woman and as I kept reading, I, we saw a little bit of that confidence and self-esteem dwindle a little bit as the, as the book kept progressing, for sure. Yeah. I think that also, the way that Solène would always talk about Daniel, her ex-husband, the fact that he never made the effort to get to know her, like that was a big part of um, Hayes's and Solen's relationship. The fact that he put himself out there to actually like do the things that her ex-husband wouldn't even do. And a big part of their relationship at the beginning was also looks. Like it was all based on beauty. That's how they got together. And so the fact that Hayes went above and beyond and did all these things for her, she saw that as something that she never had before. Right. So true, well, such a valid point. Well, that kind of leads into our next question. Why do you think Hayes chooses Solène over the thousands of other women and girls he encounters? At first, I think it was just her looks. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with her personality because, like, initially they met at a meeting, at a meet and greet. So how could it possibly be anything else other than just her looks, right? And he even says it. He's, like, attracted to her mouth. He yeah. said that. Like, Oh, but that was not until, like, page 300. Right. But you hear, like, from his conversation with Oliver that that's what initially attracted him to her. Yeah. Him to her. Yeah. So it was definitely a physical attraction at first. But then I think once their banter started and he realized that they really connected on a way deeper level, 
that's when I think it was like endgame for him. And unfortunately not her, but. Although can I say there wasn't much depth to their relationship throughout the book. That's how I thought. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Like as much as he did things for her, I feel like the entire book, she was just so concerned with what other people thought about her. She was. And I think that was the intentional part. And it was also all about her following him around the world, you know? Like, yes, yes he did come to, to see her and came to her show here, whatever. But it was all about her going to him. And I think the power struggle is a huge other aspect of their relationship that ultimately led to their demise and why they didn't work out. What was your favorite location that they went to? Probably the south of France. Just because I'm dying to go to the south of France. And like, will I ever get there? Time will tell. What about what happened in the south of France? No, scandaloso. Scandaloso. Wait, (laughs) speaking speaking of a little bit of scandaloso, um, we, in Romance Book Club, we do love romance books. And we like some steamy books too. Did you think that this book was like extra steamy more than others? Did you think it was like horny what did, what did you think? It wasn't on the highest scale of steaminess for me. I feel like it, it was the perfect amount of steam for what the story is. Like it was not at all overkill where I was like rolling my eyes and skipping through it and being like, hey, I can't read this anymore. I feel like it was tasteful, which is hard to come by in a lot of these work, books. I think it was very tasteful. I honestly wanted a little bit more. <laughs> I think it was just the perfect amount of steam. The fact that, like, the entire time that they were always having sex, it was always called post-coital. It, they never, yeah. <laughs> uh, never hashtag post-coital gum. Yeah. Like, what is that? I'm sorry. Just yeah. say sex gum. <laughs> just say sex gum. Why do they need to have sex gum, though? Yeah, and then he know. gave a piece to Isabel. <laughs> I'm crying. How does Solène's role as a mother affect her relationship with Hayes, should it? Well, it was the biggest part of the book. The fact that she was a mother and had these responsibilities, um, if you would say baggage, that he didn't understand because he's never had a child before. And when you're not a parent, you don't understand those responsibilities. I think it also, like, one of the most motherly scenes was when, I forgot where they were in the world, but when that young girl was in the hotel hallway crying and Selene ordered her an Uber and then they were like, no, the car will drive her home if they didn't want it to get traced back to Hayes. I feel like in that moment, that was like the first real aha moment where Selene realized that, like, she's a 40-year-old mom. And I feel like, Although it's not identified as like a turning point, really, I I think that that's kind of when everything shifted for her and like the perspective really changed and she was aware of the power dynamic between them and like what exactly her role was if this were to be a life that she pursued with him. Um. I, I completely agree. I don't think it was like a turning point, but it was that moment where I, even I was reading it and I'm like, okay, Hey, it's like, you know, like get with it. But also (laughs) I was, I was reading the part when, um, they were together and Isabel, I think they were in the South of France and Isabel was calling like crazy. And it was because she got her period for the first time. (laughs) I, (laughs) how could you forget that? (laughs) How could you forget? I was like, 
oh my God, like imagine she were to find out that Hayes knew about the first time she got her period. Like there were those moments where I'm like, I can't even believe this is happening. Right. But the thing is, that's what made them so like, that's why they stood out so much is because they're so real. Like that's such a real moment for a mom and a daughter Mm -hmm. to have. And like the authenticity, I think is why it was like so shocking. Like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. Like, this is insane. It's like, cause this would happen. It's not a real life situation, but it's real life situations within a real life situation. Do you think that she was neglecting Isabel throughout the story? And do you think she was being selfish by just following Hayes around the world and, you know, kind of leaving her responsibilities, whether it be her career or Isabel? Like, this is the thing with this book. I think that the point is that, like, as a mom, she never did anything for herself. In the 15 years of Isabel's life, she never, and even as a wife to Daniel, like, she put Daniel and Isabel before herself always. So this was the first time that she ever did anything, putting herself first and, like, making herself a priority. And as a result of that, yes, it came off selfish, but, like, it's only because she had the responsibility that it came off selfish. It was really just more, I think, not trying to put a negative connotation to self is just like doing something for yourself. But I think that ultimately her being a mom overpowered everything else and she didn't have it in her to be selfish. That's why she broke it off at the end. Like, so I I feel like it's not fair to call her selfish and say that what she was doing was selfish. I feel like for whatever it was, how long was her relationship just under a year? Like she tried to put herself first, but she couldn't. Like, I think that the way that I see it selfish if a man was doing the same thing, I wouldn't see that as selfish. So it's like this, it's this double standard that is between the man and the woman. Well, speaking of double standards, what did you think of Daniel when his character was first introduced? How did your perception of him change during the course of the book? I never liked Daniel. <laughs> I, didn't um, I think that when we were like, First, I mean, it started off that he was bailing and couldn't go to the concert because he had some event, but then was judging Solen when she was with Hayes. So I never personally liked Daniel. I didn't either. I think that every time that he took Isabel, it was almost like it was because it was his turn to take Isabel. Yeah, I feel like Daniel's character was honestly only written to just blatantly show the contrast between men and women and how like the dynamic, like how, how unfair it is the way society views a man versus a woman and their responsibility in terms of like childcare and being a partner in a relationship. Like he was literally just there to show the crazy contrast of how like he could just dump the kid and leave. Like he could just give her back to the mom and continue on in his life. No repercussion. But meanwhile, Selene wants to go away for a weekend and it's like, she's dealing with all of this guilt and all of the shame and feeling like she's the worst mom. I think he was also there to show us how much we love Hayes. Like the fact that Hayes went out of his way (laughs) to learn about Solen when he didn't need to. And throughout throughout Daniel and Solen's entire marriage, the fact that he just never cared about that aspect and the fact that Solen wanted to work and Daniel didn't want her to work. Exactly. So true character. Yeah. And even, even when they were in Malibu, um, the whole Malibu chapter and like Daniel bailed and like Hayes was upset that they couldn't like spend the night and whatever. And like, then Daniel was kind of yelling at Solen, like, what will people think? Like, are you going to be with him again? And then kind of abruptly said like, oh, by the way, I'm marrying Eva and she's pregnant and just kind of dropped it. And it was like, 
you know what, like, I'm good. And what you're doing, how will everyone perceive you? But I can go and do what I want type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there were no repercussions for Daniel. Exactly. Um, okay. One more question by Robin Lee. In the final scenes of the book, who do you think Solen was most trying to protect? Do you agree or disagree with her actions and why? I feel like I already said how I feel, but I think she was doing what she needed to do as a mom because that's what she always did. And throughout the entire book was always doing what she thought she needed to do for her daughter. I think ultimately she was trying to protect herself because she knew that there was no way that this was going to work in any way, shape or form that will benefit her or Isabel. And I think that like she letting, so Hayes shows up at her door. This is how it ends. So Hayes shows up at her door after she kind of breaks it off with him. And he's like, I can't be without you. I need to be with you. She kind of lets him in. They're intimate again, one, whatever, two more times. And he tells her that he's quit the band because he wants to be with her. And that's when I think reality really sets in for her. And she realizes like, she's not taking away this life of this 20 year old who's like on top of the world. She's not going to be the reason why he abandons all of his dreams and everything he's worked for. And he has so much life ahead of him. And that's why she kicks him out. And that's how the book ends her basically being like, we're done. This is not going anywhere else. So I think she did it for him. She did it for herself. She did it for Isabel. And like, it's the only realistic real way someone in this position who has a child, I think would handle it. Like, I don't know if I had a kid, I would not like ditch my kid I don't know. I would not be able to do it. I think that this is like the most realistic way to end an unrealistic story. No, and agree. she was, I agree. I think that um, in the end, she ultimately does it for everyone because that's who she is. As a mother, you put everyone else above yourself. And so she was putting Hayes above herself. She was putting Isabel above herself because yeah. she needed to. How else would this have ended? Yeah. I think that she was being, at first she was protecting herself and, Izzy, and Isabel. And then when he said, I quit the band, that's when I think she was like, I need to protect him also. And I need to lie and say anything to, and do anything to get yeah. him out of my life. And he even said, he's like, you're lying, you're lying. And she said, like, it was just the idea of you. And I think that she, that was just her kind of protecting everyone, protecting herself, protecting Isabel, protecting Hayes. And it was the only way out. Um, why don't we now, I mean, no book is perfect. This came close to being perfect, but what were some of your wishes or I guess dislikes about the book? Because I'm sure there were just a few. I don't think Leanna has any dislikes about the book. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that I have any dislikes. It's just hopes and, and wishes. Um, I, well, I do think that Hayes, I mean, he was so attentive and he wanted to learn all about her and he studied art and read books and set up that whole easel and art studio when they were in Malibu. Um, I think that he took her away from her job a little bit. And speaking as someone, um, like as a working professional, um, I, I, I would be a little bit annoyed, um, if, I mean, I would never be annoyed if Hayes came to swoop me away for the day. But if I was working and this was my job and Hayes came and say, okay, what would it take for me to take her away for the day? Okay, I need to buy this painting. Done. Like, let's go. Like, she was working and it was her responsibility. 
Oh, yes. That bothered me so much. The fact that he just came and swooped in and bought her this painting. Okay. First, there were two paintings. The one painting was her favorite painting in the entire gallery. The The show. The show. Yes. And the fact that, (laughs) the fact that he just came and bought it for her when that was something that was so precious to her. Like, as much as I love Hayes, I don't think that was the right move. And then there was that other painting where he just wanted to be with her. So he was being selfish. I think it just also, it just comes back to like the maturity thing. Like at times, yes, he was mature, but at times he wasn't. And like, I think that's comes, like that was one of the times where he came off as immature. He was like, this is what I want. I want it now. Kind of like that baby Mm -hmm. tantrum complex and was like, I'm going to buy my way out of it. Yeah. And like, she was so enamored with him that obviously she's not going to say no, but I think that was all intentional. Like, yes, it's an annoying part of the story, but it all comes back to the character development. Like it was all placed and it all went down that way because it needed to further the plot lines and why these two people were not going to end up together. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm contradicting, contradicting myself right now, as much as Hayes was mature, in the end, he got everything he wanted, except for, okay, sorry. At the very end, he didn't get what he wanted, but throughout the entire book, he got what he wanted. Yeah, everything was very intentional. All the little Easter eggs, even all the loose ends, because there were a ton of loose ends. They're all intentional. Oh, yes, there's a lot. Sequel? We need a sequel. It's like, it's, she's considering. She's like writing scenes and conversations and like, I friggin' hope one day it'll be published and we can get our hands on it and read it. As much as I want a sequel, I don't know how that could possibly play out unless, like, maybe it's 20 years in the future and right. Hades is 40 and then Selene is 60 and Isabel is 33. No, or, like, not even that far down the line, but, like, yeah. even, like, six years later, Isabel's away at college and Hayes is now 27 and she's 45 or whatever, 46. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I guess just some closing remarks. Um, I think that he had nothing to lose and she kind of had everything to lose. Yeah. I agree. I think that when you're that young and you have everything in the world you could possibly need and want, what else do you have to lose? Before we wrap this up, I also just want, I want to give a little shout out to Solène's friend, uh, Lulit, because <laughs> <laughs> Lulit, uh, justice for Lulit, because she put up with a lot of Solène's um, naughty behavior, like ditching them when they were working. Naughty behavior. <laughs> just not very professional. She, I agree. She ditched a yeah. lot. She would leave in the middle of the day. They had, you know, the graffiti at the art studio, the voicemails, the messages, the fans swarming. Like, I thought Lulit handled everything really well. So just wanted to give a little shout out to her. Justice for Lulit. Why don't we do our overall rating and then we'll um, get into our Hollywood treatment. So, Leanna, what was your overall rating out of five stars. Shocking to everyone listening. I'm giving this book a giant glorified five star, stunning, stellar review. 
there's literally not one aspect of it that I would have changed. And I count my lucky stars every single night that I found this book and I pray on every 11-11 for a sequel. Sam, what's your overall rating? I've never read a book like this. And as much as I love celebrity culture and um, just every aspect of pop culture, it gave me everything I needed. It was that escape. It was five stars. Um, I am also giving this book a five-star rating. I mean, I think there were a few factors. I think reading it at the time we did, going through the pandemic and COVID, it was just, again, that fantasy escapism and being obsessed with celebrities and pop culture and everything. It was it was just everything. I think after reading it a few more times, you start to nitpick a few things and you know, we wanted to get into lots of detail for our book club. So that's when you start looking for those things. But I was looking for them. When I read it the first time, I was just totally like enamored in it all. And I wasn't even thinking about anything. And I do agree with what Leanna was saying. Like, I think Daniel was in there and it was intentional that it was that Daniel was like that. And same, you know, with, yes, I had my struggles with Isabel, but it was all necessary for the story. And even though this book, I mean, the plot of the book was just like the two of them and their relationship. All of those, that baggage and the external factors were just necessary for the story. So I think we have to just like also address how when we finished the book for the first time, me and Madison were like, okay, so like now what do we read? Like what's the next thing that's like as close to this as we can get? And I looked high and goddamn low for a book about like a regular person falling in love with a famous person. We even read this other book called Public Relations that was like about a publicist that falls in love with her like client, which honestly is like it was it was supposed to also be about Harry Styles. Like the author, it was two authors that wrote it and they also yeah. loved Harry Styles and they did take elements of Harry Styles and like insert it into their their lead guy for the book. But like no matter how much I search and I'm still on the search a year later, like there is nothing that takes takes you away into the story world the way the idea of you does. So like say what you will about the little like issues you have with it. Like mm-hmm. all in all, it's a flawless book. Oh, flawless. And yeah. I like we have read so many books since then, like public yeah. relations. I read like only once until it fades. And like those books are also amazing, but we are still searching for a book. Like we will look, we're on the idea of you Facebook group, like looking yeah. for comparisons of what, like, and it's not even like that. I want like an age difference book. It's just right. like another book just to feel the way that we did reading it for the first time. And there is just, there's just no comparison. And the fact that we are still talking about it almost a year later says it all. So well done, Robin Lee. And also her writing style too. Yeah. She's just a fabulous writer. Incredible. Fabulous. And like just the banter, the back and forth, like the quick, like wittiness. Can you imagine being somebody that wrote this story up and like thinking of all of these little things to include to like pull the narrative forward? Like never mind just writing the character of Salon and Hayes and having their banter perfect in your head and like, but then adding in all the other like B-list characters in order to prove a point, like the intention behind creating someone like Daniel, the intention behind creating Isabel, the intention behind creating Lolita and Oliver and all of these other people, like they were only there to move the plot forward or the understanding forward for Selene and Hayes' relationship. That's all they serve purpose for. And it's like, how smart and brilliant do you have to be as a writer to create these characters that their only intention is to move two other characters forward, but still make them seem like part of a plot of a story? It's so insane. Well, do you think that there is character development for Selene? 
like, do you think she developed? In a I would say that way? she 100% developed. And at the same time, I think she really regressed. I think yeah. it was all about just self-discovery for her, especially at 40 years old and you're feeling very lost with like everything around you with her ex-husband who had his wife who was having a child and then her daughter. Like it, there were so many layers to Solène that she was having so much inner conflict with herself. <laughs> Let's do our Hollywood treatment. Okay. So, I mean, who do we think Hayes is? <laughs> <laughs> um, we all obviously saw Hayes as Harry Styles. However, I will say in like the recent rereads I've done, I see less Harry and I see more of someone like, I don't know, I see like Tom Holland kind of, which is so random, but I don't know why it start his face is now sort of like morphing into Tom Holland from Harry Styles. I will never not see Harry Styles. Yeah, it's hard to not see yeah. anyone else. Especially with the boy band and the way he wears scarves. Like, that was Harry's persona in One yeah. Direction. Well, so, okay, when you think of Harry, because obviously I just thought of Harry the whole time. And I never actually, I, I liked One Direction. I was never obsessed. Um, but after I read this book, I was beyond obsessed with with Harry, like, interviews, um watching their old concerts, waiting for One Direction to reunite. I literally stayed up at night um, <laughs> hoping that they would reunite. And I didn't sleep the entire summer because I was just wondering what would happen to the band. Um, what era of Harry, when you read it, did you picture? Because he went through a lot of phases. There yeah. was the fetus Harry. There was the frat boy Harry, the Prince Harry, the long haired Harry, the Dunkirk Harry, the HS1 Harry, and the fine line Harry. That's a lot of Harrys. That's a lot of Harrys. I pictured him in the video. There's one video. Oh my God. It's from a One Direction concert. His hair is like long, but not as long as when it was long, long. It was like the perfect length. And I was like, Prince. That's Prince Harry. Oh, okay. When he would like wear yeah. like headbands. Yeah. 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 Like it, it's in between, it's in between the frat boy and Prince Harry when he would do the bandanas and his yeah. hair was like growing. That's it. That's, that's the vibe there. That's it. That's the perfect sweet <laughs> and, spot. And he's a little bit more posh with oh. his scarves and, and the rings and oh my God. The rings and like the boots. No, the I cannot. Yeah, I can't even talk boots. about it. The boots, like the skinny jeans, just picturing him take out everything from his pocket. He had the gum, the wallet, the iPhone, the lip balm, just like picturing him taking out of of his jeans. It was, I think what Leanna was saying, like not super frat boy because he was very, you know, posh London boy. But, you know, I think that in between the long hair, like more of the prince, but not too long of a prince, but like the bandana era. But yes, there is the bandana era too. A hundred percent. I agree. And what about Solène? So I always saw Solène from the very beginning as Zoe Saldana. And like, I still see her as that. I cannot be convinced otherwise. So Leanna, you see Zoe Saldana. What do you, who do you see Sam as Solène? So I know this is weird, but like, (laughs) okay, just hear me out. I see a mix between Kate Beckinsale and Naomi Campbell. I don't know why. I think I just like, I see this very posh, international woman. 
I don't know why. It's like a weird mix between the two. Well, we know that Solène is French. So I see a little bit of um, Marion Cotillard, a little bit. But I also see um, Rachel... Rachel Weiss? Rachel Weiss? Oh, that's who Robin said. She's like, if I had to like physically picture them, those were the two people that like were on my move board. Wow. Okay. So what I do when I read a book is I always like Google um, and see who other people picture as the main characters. So when I Googled the idea of you and looked at images, it was um, Rachel Weiss. Oh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, that is so good. Like sophisticated, elegant, the mouth, the lips. Like I just saw that. But then I also see a little bit of, 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 um, Marianne. So I guess a mix, like, I feel like the book didn't really describe her a lot. So it was a little bit hard to picture her. And then we also had the cover of the book where it's a woman. So I'm like, I now don't know what I see. Like I kept having different images pop in my head of, of who she was. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the very first episode of Girlman's Book Club, the podcast. We are so happy to have you here and listening. We can't wait for our future episodes to talk about more of our favorite books. If you aren't yet, definitely follow us on Instagram at Girlman's Book Club. And new episodes will be posted on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So make sure you share and tune in and don't forget to rate us five stars. Thanks for listening, everyone.